Blog Talk Radio. Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. What the fuck? One second as. Blog Talk spins the wheel while we're waiting on RC. Blog Talk's on this foolery this morning. Outsiders Boxing Podcast. Always. There we go. We got RC here. Yeah, then Blog Talk, man. They they stay messing with us, but we're gonna start the day off on a on a positive note, not the negative. No negative energy around me this morning. Outside of Boxing Podcast coming to you live August 4th, ladies and gentlemen. How are you today? Right and early in the morning. Green eggs and ham is one would say. Um, but nonetheless, getting this boxing talk in early on this beautiful Sunday, the Laws Day. Um, man, been up and hype since about 6 this morning, just up and at it, up and at it, up and at it, getting out the gym right now, coming home, about to clean up, do some laundry. Wash the car. Get ready for a start off. Pretty good Monday coming up this week. Um, whole rundown today of what we talked about on Wednesday. Uh, some entertaining fights that uh, some might say were unexpected or expected. Um, wrapping up the Konaki fight with Chris Ariola. Going to talk about the upset victory by. Jean Pascal that he picked up over Marcus Brown. A lot of upsets lately. Um, Michael Conlon with his ninth round body stoppage victory that he had over in the homecoming. Uh, And also an interesting topic with Canelo Alvarez and Golden Boy Promotions, what had happened with him and his situation. Might be some hot water in the home of the fishnet man. We shall see. Um, <clears throat> but it's a good Sunday. We have football come back on Thursday. And now we will have football every Sunday up until uh, February 2nd, I believe. So, um, yeah, man, this is uh, it's that time of the year. And I think the 9 o'clock start time will be good for us on Sunday because one thing Will have forgot to mention when he's when he had the audience laugh and things of that nature, when I said we should do the show at nine, is for fantasy football, I am always up at eight in the morning or earlier doing my mad scientist tactics, looking at any advantages I could get when it comes to fantasy football, as I am the reigning 2018 champion, will be correlated later this month with my championship gold during the draft. And... The only way is up from here. Super Bowl or bus type season coming up and challenge is accepted. 
So, aha, for those of you who thought that R.C. couldn't make it at 9 in the morning on a weekly basis, you're mistaken because nothing, and I mean nothing, comes before fantasy football. My little niece is going to be two years old August 31st this month. She is the world to me. She tries to call me Nino and says, Mino is so cute and funny. I'll do anything for that little girl. The draft is on the 31st. Sorry, baby Millie. I'll see you in the next day. Got to get my players. Got to get my players. Those who show the importance. I love that little girl with all of my life, as if she's my own daughter, as I am her godfather. But nothing comes before fantasy football. Nothing. So 9 o'clock should be the start time for us. And you will get used to seeing and hearing me very hype early in the morning, as opposed to when football season is off. And I got nothing to do early in that Sunday morning. Change of season, change of wins. But anyways, let's talk about this boxing, folks. I want to get to my man, Willa. Uh, Block Talk tried to slow us down this morning, but we coming in hot, like I said. So, uh, Willa, first and foremost, how are you feeling, buddy? Hope you... Uh, have recovered more so than you than you were feeling on Wednesday. How are you doing, my friend? Oh man, yeah, I'm doing much better, dog. I think I probably lost about like five pounds somehow. I don't know, so I need to get my weight back up. Uh, but yeah, man, feeling much better. Uh, had a all right day of boxing last night. I mean, well, last night we had a good night of boxing. During the daytime, not so much. A lot of Guys I've never heard of and never really want to see again fighting, um, but I did watch that. Yeah. In fact, in fact, it was so bad that I, I caught myself watching uh, MM Gay over boxing during the daytime yesterday. But you know, that's neither <sighs> here nor there, man. We got a lot to talk about um, and a lot been going on, man. We also, you know, not not only I just looked up, not only I forgot to mention, put in the little thing. You know, we've got another opponent for Fury. Uh oh. The E and ESPN stands for European, so I'm, I wonder what type of fighter Fury is oh, going to fight. I think we've got his next his next guy. Nobody's ever heard of, you know, uh, Clarissa Shields calling out Amanda Nunes. She's trying to make that make the big bucks. So, man, there, there's a lot going on. There was a little boxing going on last night, and uh, so we got a lot to talk about, man. All right, all right, <clears throat> we can we can talk about all that. I'm glad you. Uh, could help fill in some some topics because uh, you know I did see that that uh, that name for Tyson Fury, but I try to just keep it on the low because I knew you were going to come out with that E for European and shit. So nothing slips by Willis' radar. <laughs> slips underneath Willis' radar. I know that. But all right. Oh, you, this one's gonna be fun, Willis. Uh, is JP with us? Because uh, we've seen his message that he had sent us in the group text and. And I want to see how my buddy's doing over in Las Vegas. Inglewood uh, yeah. is, uh-uh. is out there. <laughs> he ain't here yet? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he ain't here. He's probably dead. <laughs> not not, those not who really don't know, dead, but yeah, he's probably slain. <laughs> yeah. So those who don't know, our, our, our third member of the team, JP, sends us a message. I'm in Vegas. Got super faded last night. Cousin saved me. <laughs> so take that how you may. 
and use whatever imagination you have of what happened to JP. I imagine JP out there with his LeBron jersey and no no undershirt, you know, laid out in a trash can somewhere. Said someone had to save him. I remember my first drink in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm not. A- or he was about to. Or it was about to go down, and his cousin told hey, told him, "Hey man, check the Adam's apple." It could have been that kind of thing. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! <laughs> See JP, what happens when you don't show up? <laughs> man, I'm not a fan of Vegas. I don't fuck with Vegas like that, bro. I don't, I ain't big on Vegas like that, man. But oh, man, I love know, Vegas, man. Oh JP, oh JP's all right out there. That's too much walking for me, man. Like. It's cool the first day, but then the next day, my feet hurt. I hate walking. Now, well, I could run on a basketball court, run on a football field. We could play for an hour and plus, and I'd be good. But just walking is just so fucking – like, okay, if I went to Vegas and I had a lot of money to spend, I would spend money on, like, a personal, like, big person that I could sit on their shoulders and just walk me around. Or they could just carry me around, like how Chappelle Show did the uh, Puff Daddy style for – uh, uh, what was it that? The making of the band or something like that? I need someone to carry me or for me to just be chauffeured around because I just, I can't do it, man. My feet be killing me the next day and I just don't want to do anything. I don't want to move or none of that shit. I don't know. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the shoes or whatever, but biggest thing for me, man. Biggest thing for me. But um, anyway, uh, we got Janelle with us. Let's see if he got a theory for or JP and, and what happened in this crazy night. I'm curious. No, to no Janelle, just me and you. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Back to the old gruesome twosome. All right, cool. Let's get it. Well, well uh, hey, man, we were in a message yesterday talking during the, during the fight, and I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, I've been a good – I've been good this week. I haven't been going out or nothing like that. I've been chilling at the crib, man. Um, so yesterday I have worked about 12, came home, went to the gym. After that, came home and got on some matting. Got off matting about 5 o'clock, and I just sat on the couch waiting for the fights to get on, and, and I knocked out. I knocked out, and I woke up right when Pascal was uh, getting his hands waved or raised as the upset victory over Marcus Brown. I was surprised. But um, stayed up and uh, was just chilling for the Konaki fight, and you know I was expecting it to be a a, a, a really good fight. Uh, the way it started off is me and you was like this doesn't look like this is gonna last very long. Konaki was looking like he would probably sleep Ariola, but Ariola had enough of a puncher's chance in in a certain range that Konaki was allowing him to have that. I wouldn't be surprised if Konaki got slept by Ariola. But as the big guys known to, are known to do, they gassed out pretty heavy after the fourth round. Um, I was texting some of my boys, like, yo, put it on Fox right now. Because it was going down the first three rounds. And then it slowed down. And then, well, I was like, you know, well, well it was going down. And then... Um, you had Chris Ariello who suffered a broken hand in the fifth or sixth round 
So pretty much he fought the rest of the fight with one hand and was still landing some shots on Konaki. I like Konaki. I've seen a, a, a lot of his performances. But yesterday he just needs to take it back to the drawing board. Because there's no way he should have been in that deep of water with Chris Ariola. There's no disrespect to Chris Ariola. But at the end of the day, he's still Chris Ariola with one hand. I mean, um, you know, come on, man. Should have uh, had a better performance. The scorecards are bullshit, too. 118-110, and then 2-117-111. was a closer fight than that. Even Konaki said in his uh, post-fight interview, he thought it was a close fight, but I thought I came out on top. Um, just paraphrasing uh, what he had said. And you got the fighter saying that it was a close fight, but I thought I came out on top. And the scorecards tell you 118, 110, 117, 111. Well, <clears throat> that's uh, when a fighter is fighting at his hometown. Uh, but nonetheless, man, a really interesting fight. Chris Ariola said that if he doesn't win, he's going to retire. But the old, you look really good. You can't retire after that. Um post-fight interviewer. I can't remember the lady's name. Uh, but, you know, and, and put put Deontay Wilder on blast for saying that he called him a gatekeeper. Surprised Ariola took that nice. But um, <clears throat> a better fight than expected. I thought it was going to get, I thought it was going to be a stoppage round eight. I uh, didn't see it going to the cards. Unfortunately, it did. Konaki might not be ready for the big dogs, to say the least. But um, it was an entertaining fight for the most part. They had their moments even uh, throughout the 6th and 12th round, even though they were gassed. They still had a couple of moments of some pretty good punches. Entertaining fight. But uh, I I can only imagine Lennox Lewis and Deontay Wilder were looking like, man, he's, you know, <laughs> especially Wilder. I know Wilder had to be looking like, okay, if they want to see me, this little pudgy Polish guy. Yeah, we can run that. Uh, well, Will, I thought uh, I thought that I thought that Konaki did not look very good, and I thought Ariola looked a lot better. If if I had to judge the fight, I probably would have gave it um, maybe eight rounds to four. Seven five would be would be a little too a little too much, but. Ariola showed a lot of heart out there in what I call the battle of will between the two. Konaki gets a B-minus grade from me. Um, but he still has room to potentially uh, get better. So um, that's my take on the fight. What was your thoughts on yesterday's performance between Adam Konaki and Chris Ariola, Willa? Well, you know, um, like you said, uh, well, to, to start off, the first I said it was going to go 12 rounds that Kanaki couldn't knock anybody out. If he couldn't knock James Mart, uh, Charles Martin out, he wasn't going to be able to knock Chris Ariola out. But at the beginning of the fight, it looked like he might have a chance. You know, he was hitting them with some, some good right hands, and, uh, you know, Ariola was just taking them to the face. And he never really got hurt, but it looked like he could get hurt. But, you know, sh- surely soon after, at about the third, fourth round, they started slowing down. Um, it was a good fight. 
action-packed. You know, uh, Areola was in his face the whole time trying to make sure that, uh, you know, he smothered the shots and wasn't getting caught with those big right hands, which he was, man. Now, Konaki looks, when he's throwing his punches and when he's letting it go and how he can sit in that pocket and and shoot, um, he looked real good. In fact, uh, I was thinking it, and I think Wilder said it, he sort of looked like George Foreman in there, like when Foreman hit, uh, what's my man's name, when he became the oldest guy, when he hit him with that little one-two and knocked him out. That's what uh, Kanaki was in there looking like, minus mm-hmm. any of the power. Um, he looks good in there when he's throwing his punches. Offensively, he looks like he's the real, he, he's got the goods. Defensively, he can't hang. He's getting hit with power shots from slow-ass Areola. He's not going to be able to – he's not – He's not taking any shots from those big, the big dogs in the in the group. Now he's six three, probably. I don't know how much he weighed. So Ariola might have been. Ariola must be six foot tall. You know he looked way bigger than Ariola in there. Let me see if I can look that up real quick. See how tall he is, because he looked way bigger than Ariola in there. Go ahead and continue. Well, they both say six three, but I don't think that's true. Um, so it was uh it was a good fight. I enjoyed it. I thought somebody was going to sleep early, but then after a while, even though they were getting hit with shots, I knew that these guys were going to be able to take. Uh, both guys were going to be able to take it. Ariola was hitting them with some big shots, but like he said, he broke his. I don't know, was it his left hand? I mean, he said he broke. I think it might have been his left hand, if I'm thinking about yeah, it right. And um, and so, but he was still going with shots. Um, you know, Ariola's a tough dude, man. He said he was going to retire afterward. I think. If this is one of the best heavyweights in the game, and he went this far with him, um, maybe he should think maybe he shouldn't retire, especially if he broke his hand in the in the fifth round and fought all, and fought through. But he also said he that he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to do it anymore. It seems like he might be ready to retire, but he wasn't going to announce it just just off the bat, man. Um, Kanaki, I don't know, you know, I like his fight. You know, he's going to give you a great fight every time, but but he hasn't fought anybody. So if you're giving us good fights against Charles Martin and Areola. Now, now I agree with the scorecards. I only had Areola maybe winning two, three rounds max. You know, he got washed in there. Even though it was a close fight, you know, there were some close rounds, but he was losing all the close rounds. Therefore, the fight wasn't really that close. At the end of the day, if it, if this was a fight in the street, it was a close fight. Boxing, when this is uh, rounds and point, well, points off the round, um, Ariola didn't win too many rounds, maybe three. And even he knew it because he only raised his hand. You know, every time he won a round, he raised his hand at the end of that round. And he only did that like three times. He might have did it four times, but I don't think he won one of those rounds, man. But it was an overall good fight. Uh, I'll give – uh, Kanaki a, a C because Ariola is a gatekeeper like you said and, and I, that lady she was doing like she was doing a horrible job interviewing man even with the Pascal she was asking some crazy questions that you don't really you're not really you, I don't think you're supposed to ask guys like that but you know she called him a gatekeeper and with him being a gatekeeper um, Ariola he, that's crazy you know he he beat him and he beat him convincingly in the as far as a boxing boxing match like I said but as as far as the fight you know Ariola brought that fight to him the whole time so like you said he might need to go back to the drawing board he ain't ready for the big dogs the whole time on you know they had the little uh 
the image of all the top fighters they had. Of course, Wilder in the middle. Since Wilder was on, uh, he was on commentary out there. They had Wilder in the middle, Fury over there, Joshua Ruiz, and for some reason they had coach. Then they had Ortiz also. Then they had Konaki in there. Konaki doesn't belong in there at all. All those guys sleep him because they could all take his punch, and I don't know if he could take their punch. Um, and I don't. And even if he could take one or two of their punches, he's not going to be able to take a whole bunch of them like he was getting hit last night from Chris Ariola. So he needs to figure it out. He, they're going to feed him some of these. Uh, they need to feed him a little, a few more guys before he's ready for these big dogs. I don't really think he's ready for it. He's a little too slow when it comes to defense. Offensively, he looks good, man. You know, so I, I will watch him fight again for sure. Fan, fan, a fan-friendly fighter. He's in there to fight, um, but he ain't that good, man. So, you know, I'm not – I don't think anybody's worried about Konaki. In fact, I think Wilder asked at one time on the thing, Wilder was like, hey, Lennox, how do you think you're doing there with these guys, you know, with them throwing all those punches? And it got silent for about <laughs> three seconds, and they both started laughing. <laughs> so you can only imagine. I remember that. It's like, come on. Yeah, you can only imagine these guys like, come on now, I'll kill these guys probably today, man. So, you know, with, with Kanaki only being 30 years old, that's, you know, that's not that's not old in the heavyweight division. You know, maybe in a couple of years he can make a um, he can make a push. But, you know, beating Areola, that's not good. Washington, you know, no. Unanimous decision against Charles Martin, you know. You know, he's he ain't done nothing yet, so. He needs a few more fights, and we'll see. We'll see what he can do. But I'm not – I'm impressed by the fight, but I'm not impressed by his skills and what he'll be able to do in the heavyweight division. Yeah, looking at the overall landscape of what he has to uh, <clears throat> potentially go against or go through to try to get his name in the, some, in the heavyweight supremacy, yeah. It's going to be tough, man. Ring it's TV has him rated man. number nine somehow. You know, and he was rated. They showed the little IBF and the w, the, the ratings that he's a top – I think he's a top five in the in his the in, in his sanctions that he's in. I'm looking at these heavyweights, uh-huh. man. I mean, they're not really – they're not really that good. So, you know, can he beat Pavekin or Parker? Is he better than those guys? Who knows? Well, I would see those fights. I would, I would, I would enjoy seeing those fights. I think Parker would give him problems, man, because Joseph Parker he, he throws a lot of punches for being a heavyweight, but <clears throat> he needs to work on that that cardio, man. He need to get on his cardio shit, because you know he he gassed out pretty bad, and it led to him um, taking some unnecessary punches from Mariola. Konaki's uh, face at the end, he, he, you could tell he's been in a tough ass fight. He. Uh, his wife seemed concerned throughout the entire of the event. And, I mean, he just didn't look that good, man. He didn't look that good, um, even though he picked up a win and probably racked up some points, as you said, where you maybe give Areola <clears throat> uh, three uh, three rounds or something like that. So I can see it. I just expected more from Konaki. And, uh, you know, I, I think oh, probably everybody did. I know Chris Areola gets overlooked sometimes, but um, he is a tough customer. Uh, uh very game opponent, game gatekeeper. But, uh, you know, if you're going to be that guy, you should have put up some highlight real material. 
instead of having material for Ariola to put up on his highlight reel when he showed that he landed some pretty hard punches. I, he hurt Konaki in that fight. He definitely hurt him uh, uh, once from a straight right hand over the top. Uh, but Konaki did a really good job of his recovery because I remember when he did hit Konaki, somewhere I believe in the fifth round or fourth round, uh, Konaki's left foot lifted off the canvas and he stepped back. And that's when I knew, oh, he he got hit with something good. But great recovery, great performance uh, as far as picking up the W. And uh, we'll see how where he goes next. Uh, Ariola might have just got himself some extra extra cash whenever it comes to a, whoever they want to throw uh, his next opponent at with that performance yesterday. Definitely going to have to let, have some time to recover. But uh, let's take it to the undercard of the fight because that one was, I mean, you know, after I watched it, um, <laughs> uh, you know, Marcus Brown got to be kicking himself today. Damn sure woke up this morning punching in the air. Uh, what do you think went wrong with Marcus Brown in this fight, Willa? Because he was pressing forward and and was really, you know, doing to the European brother how you talk about somewhat of the of of the UK brothers. I mean. He was throwing a lot of punches and landing a lot of punches leading up into the seventh round. And Jean Pascal was really looking like an old man in there. And as they say, one punch can change a fight. At the end of that seventh round, Pascal caught him with that overhand right. And, I mean, you know, money got up, stumbled his way to the ropes, and you knew he was just beaming right there. I mean, just. You could tell Marcus Brown was in a lot of trouble. And then Jean Pascal continues to put the pressure on him. And I mean, just a flush right hand over the top that started everything. But he started to put pressure on him afterwards. I can't remember the referee's name. I forget his name at this particular point in time. But he literally pushed off Jean Pascal and pushed him to the ground to break Pascal from uh, continuing to bubble on. Marcus Brown in the corner. Uh, this ball, this uh, going bald ref, I, I can't remember his name. I'm going to have to look this one up. But we're talking about going into the eighth round. Let me see. My, uh, going into the eighth round, Brown had landed 104 punches to 46 by Jean Pascal by the copy box numbers. And he was really pushing Pascal back, putting a lot of pressure on him. And then just after that right hand, it took over. In that seventh round, the eighth round, Marcus Brown tried to seem as if he had his wits back to him, staying in the middle of the ring, not backing up so much so. And uh, I think that you know he he was he, he had a pretty good poker face. I'll give him that. But you know he uh, he definitely got himself in a lot of trouble. The referee was working just as much as these guys were. Uh, Marcus Brown had an ugly cut over his eye. I mean, it was a. Uh, it was it was gashing pretty good. Uh, the doctors had to step in there, and uh, you know, unfortunately, that was that. But Pascal, I mean, he beat the shit out of that guy. <laughs> he had put the hands on him early, man, and uh, I, I I didn't see it coming. I thought Jean Pascal was a, a old dog. I mean, he was coming off the longest layoff of his career. Uh, I mean, especially after his two fights with Kovalev, I just didn't think he had it in him no more. 
But he picked up the strap and picked up his cachet as well. Going from the B side, if they have a rematch, we know who the A side will be. And Jean Pascal, you know, a guy who, who who's always looked physically imposing. And uh, even though the gash was from the headbutt, uh, Pascal, you know, fight was called because of it. And, you know, Brown just, he's going to have a long recovery with that gash as well. Um, I don't know. It was a good, a really good showing up heart by Jean Pascal after getting pummeled throughout the fight. Maybe, uh, I don't think he was really hurt too much, but he was just getting outpointed by, by a good margin. And, well, one punch changed the fight. And Jean Pascal pulled up the upset victory. Willa, what was your thoughts on this fight? Because I believe you and me and you both had Marcus Brown winning this fight. I don't, I don't know who had Jean Pascal pulling out this one. Yeah, man. Um, you know, Marcus Brown is one of those guys that I really was. I'm. I, I haven't really been sold on, but of course, I thought he was going to be able to go in there and beat John Pascal. Um, like you said, he was giving him that work. Um, looking dominating, you know, doubling or maybe even tripling his uh amount his his land, the amount of land uh amount of landed shots that he got on Pascal as as far as vice versa. And he was looking good first, second round. Third round he go in, he went in there, I think. In the third round he got dropped by overhand right. Boom. I'm like, uh oh. It ain't looking good for Brown, but he comes right back out. He start. He's looking good. He starts beating him. He's he's he was the the taller guy, um, the more skillful guy, and possibly. I mean, he had some. He was throwing some good power shots. Uh, he I think he hurt Pascal a few times, maybe one time. Of course, uh, he 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 wobbled him one time. I saw, uh, for sure. Maybe a couple of times to the body. He was doing some good work. So he got dropped in the third. He came back fourth, fifth, giving him that work. Sixth, giving him that work seventh he comes out and I think you know Pascal said he's late he's young and he's cocky and his and my experience is gonna is going to uh, be what wins and that's what it was man I think when he got when he got dropped in the seventh he had he was beating up Pascal you know it was starting to look bad like it was you know to the point where you thought Pascal was gonna be was gonna be out of there but Pascal ducked down Hit him with that loop and right, boom, dropped him, and and then got on him again. And I don't know if they, he got two knockdowns in that seventh. I don't know if it. They never really showed a replay of it to see if it was a real knockdown or not, but they counted it as a knockdown. So that's sort of that even the score. You know, you he lost. He won. Um, Brown won the first, the second, the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth, but. Pascal knocked him down three times, so that evened the score. So he went into yep. the eighth, and um, they went into the eighth, and they and the judges, all of the judges, gave that eighth round, even though it was short. I don't know exactly when it stopped, but all of those judges gave that round to Pascal, um, and he won the fight, man, uh, with the with accidental headbutt. Both those guys were going in, but Brown got the worst of it. And he lost that fight, man. I know he feels. I know he feels sick because all he had to do was just sit out there and box. It wasn't no need to exchange with the old Pascal because he was. Not yeah, only was he yeah. slower, he was smaller. All he had to do was just sit out there and jab him. But you know, he started going in there. He started. He got a little too cocky, and Pascal said that he was too cocky. And I think that's exactly what happened to him. So 
you know, Marcus Brown, this the guy. You know, I don't, you know, you can't really trust guys like that. Guys that are beating up women and all that, you know, they are they the toughest guys? Who knows? Now, when he got dropped the first time, he got right back up, and he, and he did good for himself at the rest of the round. It wasn't like he was shaking up. And even in the, when he got dropped this, the second time and the third time, it didn't look like he was that hurt, like he was out of it. But that's how the boxing game goes. Now, you know, the lady that did the the interviewing, you know, she the first thing she asked is, I know you didn't want to win like that. And, like, she didn't see how happy Pascal oh was. Pascal, Pascal didn't give a shit how he won. You know what I'm saying? Like this lady, I mean, like that was the the that was a horrible hor- that was a horrible question. She didn't see how happy this guy was. He he didn't care that he just beat the um he just won like that. He's 36 years old, on the twilight of his career. He he got the belt again. He's got another payday coming. He was happy, and I ain't, I ain't mad at him. You know it's boxing. He did what he had to do to be the guy. He was losing the whole fight. He only won he won three rounds uh, out the eight, but. With those three knockdowns, he got the win, man. So, hey, it was a, uh, it was an entertaining fight, and I'm I'm sort of happy for Pascal. You know, he had some corny jokes about uh, Drake winning in Toronto and Fifty. I got your money on Monday, you know that kind of stuff. He, you know, he's a sort of corny dude, but yeah, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm not, I'm not mad at it at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad at it at all. It was an all right fight, man. It was a good way to. It was a good way to start. And let's, was let's, the first let's give that lady her 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 crow too. Heidi Andrew was her name. Yeah, she wasn't that. Good. I didn't I didn't like her when she said, "Hey, I know you don't want to win like that." It was like, look how happy this guy is. He don't give a shit how he won. He won. <laughs> That's crazy. Once they once they stopped, once they stopped the fight, he was happy. He's like, yeah, he was crowed. Because you know this is yeah. These are prize fighters. They're fighting for the prize. So yeah, I don't. I didn't really like. I didn't appreciate that lady questioning and how frank she was with the guys, especially. You know, she's not a. She's not a well-known name in the game to be coming out dropping bombs like that. I don't think calling people, yeah. saying people called you uh, gatekeepers, dropping dimes on you know. Oh, wow, they're calling. I can't you a believe she said that. And, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. <laughs> exactly like damn to myself, yeah. you know. <laughs> Excuse me, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. And, but <laughs> and, yeah, and then when she said, "I know you didn't want to win like that," Pascal was like, "What? Like, lady, hey, this is boxing. Headbutts happen all the time. People, I don't care. I won. He shouldn't have. He should have kept his head up. So you know, hey, good job by Pascal. You know, I give him. He still gets a C minus for his performance, and so the, and and Brown gets the F. He got a little, his hands were down. He got a little too cocky in there and let the old man drop him, man. It's what it is, man. He, he Will he be back? I think he, he, he'll he be back. Will there be a rematch? It don't sound like it. If I'm Pascal, I'll probably give him a rematch because um he was giving me that work <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm moving along if I'm Pascal. Like, you got to earn the rematch, brother, <laughs> on some shit like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That was a good performance by Pascal, though, man. Uh, you know, he's, he's been, yeah, like you said, he was in the crossroads of his career, probably getting ready to, to I don't know if he would have hung it up so soon, uh, but he was on that, he was on that, on that bridge right there. So we didn't know if it was going to be fight or flight, but shit, the, the old man still got that, he still got that in him, man. And uh, 
great performance. Congrats to him. Rules is rules, Heidi. So, yeah, a win's a win, and don't matter how you get it. Congratulations to, to Jean Pascal. Uh, and then also, over on the top rank side, not much of a entertaining fight from my perspective of Michael Conlon and uh, his opposition. Everyone talked about how tough he was going to be, the toughest fight of his career, uh, that, and everyone being the people that were involved in the promotion, uh, the promotional aspect of it. So, I mean, you know, it was what it was against Diego Alberto Ruiz and a featherweight for the WBA, WBO, intercontinental featherweight titles that was on ESPN Plus uh, out there in the park of Belfast. You know, um, I mean, he got him in a, basically, you know, just little guy throwing a lot of punches, took him into the ninth round, hit him to the body, really took a knee, was really hurt. And uh, as soon as he was able to continue, Michael Collins just put a lot of punches together, going straight to the body, going back at it, smelled, smelled blood in the water. And, um, you know, picked up a, um, a W that was much, uh, much, uh, much excited and expected for those that were in Belfast being that it was his homecoming fight. And, um, you know, I just, I, I expect to see, I don't know if he's trying to show that he can get rounds in or whatever, but I want to see a little bit more from Michael Conlon. But nonetheless, he picked up his W, and uh, it wasn't the most entertaining of fights. Uh, well, I don't know if you have, um, if you disagree with me on that. Oh no! It was it was it was a whack fight. He beat this guy up for what was it nine rounds? Well, he didn't really beat him up. He just won every round. Uh, Conlon, he still got a lot to show me. But these guys are out here. They're they're boxing in the rain, which is crazy. You know, they were outside. They had the uh, you know the beautiful backscape. I I actually started watching the whole thing when it started at like uh, three my time, and uh, just watching these horrible boxers over there from the UK fighting for like Celtic Celtic division belts and British just all everybody had a belt somehow and they were all champions <laughs> but they were all trash um like I said I, I started watching uh MMA because uh there was this guy from from Houston that was fighting he got his he got choked out by some old guy so I was watching that but I did change it to watch the uh Colin fight to see what he was going to show me he, you know, he looked all right against a guy that looked like he didn't belong in there. Uh, got the ninth round stoppage, hit him with that body shot, and then ended it after that. It was uh, a nice body shot. Yeah, it was. But he he was very – he did a lot of cheap stuff, too. A lot of ball shots, Conlon's throwing, hitting the guy in the balls a few times, hitting him behind the – behind the in the back of the head. You know, I don't know what Conlon's talking about. He won the fight. Good job. Uh, you know, give him a B for his performance. But, you know, he's talking about he wants Josh Warrington or Frampton. I don't know. He he needs to go ahead and, and step it up so we can see if he's the real deal. You know, they were – the announcers were saying that he needed – they were saying the same thing. They are like, everybody here believes that he's a top-notch fighter, but he's supposed, he needs to show everybody else that he is. And he hasn't done that yet. And even with that performance, I don't – you know, I'm not – I need to see what he can do. So it was a good, it was a good fight. You know, he got to fight in his hometown from his hometown fans. Seemed like they were a lot of sports. They were, they were wired in there. I think they said it was about 10,000 people. They were, they were crunk the whole time, even though it was raining. 
um, music playing, everybody jumping and dancing around. So it looked like it was a good atmosphere. Looks like he had a good time out there. Uh, he got the he got the stoppage in front of his in front of his home fans. So you can't get mad at that. Um, but the way he did it looked like he might have could have got it done earlier to me. It wasn't really. I don't know. Wasn't really that hype of a hype of a, a performance, but he got it done. So I'll give him a B for it, mm-hmm. and I'll check him out next time. But he needs to do better. Agreed. Agreed. Well, good thing picking up the W. Hopefully, everyone stayed too or didn't stay uh, get too wet out there. But whatever, whatever. Uh, moving along to some news, and this one, oh, it's always exciting whenever I get to talk about Canelo. Except this time I might feel a little bit different. I don't know. Um, your boy Canelo Willa ended up getting stripped of his IBF title because of talks or negotiations, whatever you want to call it, um, came to a, a broad halt. And seems like everything just got, uh, the papers got crumbled up and thrown in the trash between a, a, a Dervichenko being the, number one contender for the IBF title and being the mandatory for Canelo Alvarez. You mentioned mentioned it um, on Wednesday that that might be Canelo's fight coming up in October. Well, it's a pick and choose who you want to believe type of a deal going on between this whole story. Canelo did get stripped. That's a fact. Gennady Golovkin and Dervachenko will get it off for that strap. That's a fact. Um, now, if Canelo is being honest right here, he came out and tweeted, I'm very upset and ashamed with my fans. I think he meant for my fans. To be unfairly stripped of my belt by the IBF, but especially when I did not have the knowledge of the agreement that Golden Boy matchmaker had signed. So to me, or end quote unquote, so to me, Canelo's broken English tweet tells me that Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy Promotions just got lazy and said, fuck you, Dervachenko. We're the big dogs. We're the, we're the franchise. We do whatever we want, and we're not worried about you. And let's see if the IBF will try to strip us of this title. And they did. And unknowingly to Canelo's knowledge, he thinks everything's good right now, made in the shade. We've seen, you know, nobody's living their best life as as good as Canelo. So for him to get stripped of this title, it seems to be shocking to him. If he really did have no idea, there's definitely hot water going on between Golden Boy Promotions and Canelo Alvarez. Oscar De La Hoya better be careful with this one. Because we know Canelo loves and idolizes Oscar De La Hoya, but if Canelo takes some heat like this and gets blamed for it, as he will be from the boxing fans and boxing writers and, and everything, you know, Canelo's been trashed before. So whenever an opportunity comes for some more trash or shade to be thrown on him, people will do it, myself included. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I'm not I'm not piling on right here. I, I I think I believe Canelo. When I first seen the story came out and I seen Canelo's tweet, I was like, dude, be, just stop, just 
stop it, tell the truth for once. But, you know, I didn't say anything. I kept it to myself, analyzed it for more. And now I'm looking at it like, well, if Canelo really has some hot water with Golden Boy Promotions or Oscar De La Hoya in itself, they better be very careful whatever words they choose or however they want to retract and cover their steps because if Canelo Alvarez decides to say I'm cool off Golden Boy Promotions, he's just fine with the zone and Eddie Hearn being his manager. That would sink the little ship that's afloat. It's not even a ship. It's a little yacht that Golden Boy Promotions has because other than Canelo Alvarez, who they really got? A bunch of nobodies. Ryan Garcia, probably their biggest attraction besides uh, or, or of the, the young, attractive fighters that they have. Diego De La Hoya, come on, man. Give me a break. Everyone knows that Canelo is, the, is, is you know, the, the bell cow of Golden Boy Promotions. So I wonder if uh, – if Canelo's being honest about this right here, and it's about whose side are you going to choose? Um, Oscar De La Hoya, a guy who always has something to say on Twitter whenever some things come out, um, you know. But to my knowledge, I don't think he's, he's responding to any of this shit. I'm looking at his Twitter right now, and um, – he says, uh, what? I stand behind every single one of my soldiers during battle. Uh, Roberto Diaz is the best matchmaker in the business. Golden Boy Boxing has been the best and top promoter for a reason. It's called loyalty, hard work, intelligence, and family. No idea what that means. Doesn't really say nothing. But if he thinks Golden Boy has been the top promoter for a reason and all that, I don't know. And then kind of evades any kind of questions and and things of that nature, talking about the most recent tweet. Who do you think Floyd Mayweather Pacquiao would never fight for the IBFU is is nothing. But will Oscar De La Hoya might have just ticked off Cash Cow for his company. Uh, What are your thoughts on all this? Because the facts are the facts, and the uncertainty is definitely the uncertainty. Canelo got stripped. Golovkin and Dervachenko will be fighting for the belt that was stripped, and Canelo's left with his hands up in the air. What's your take on this, man? Because I know that's that's your boy, and uh, he is uh, in a very very sticky situation right now. Yeah, man. Um, at the end of the day, it really don't matter, right? Because contracts have been signed, so it don't matter how upset he is with De La Hoya, he ain't going nowhere. Money has been money has been uh, agreed to, and money will be made. So it's not that big of a deal at the end of the day, um, you know. But he came out, like you said on the on his Twitter, he came out. He's very upset and ashamed with my fans. I don't. I guess that's probably some bad, uh, you know, uh, translation yeah, that think, he put up there. But yeah, yeah but but <laughs> yeah, but uh, to be unfairly stripped of my belt by the IBF, but uh, especially when I had no knowledge of the agreement that uh, Golden Boy promotion matchmaker had signed. So, I mean, we all know that I think the IBF, they have that mandatory where, hey, man, you got to fight your mandatories. This is what it is. Um, 
and unless you're I think they they give you special treatment if you're going to unify. But it didn't seem like yeah, Canelo wanted to, Yeah, Canelo wants to unify. So I don't know if this was something special, a special agreement cuz we know that the reason why um Jacobs had the IBF belt in the first place. I think he fought Dermachenko for the IBF belt is because they stripped him because Canelo didn't want to fight uh was it Dermachenko, right? I mean, not uh, so Triple G didn't thing. want to fight Dermachenko. Yeah, 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 Triple G didn't want to fight mm-hmm. him. So they stripped him. So this isn't nothing new. You know, they're, they're, the IBF isn't playing. This isn't the WBC where, you know, out of Mexico City where Canelo gets the special treatment, as he should, being the Mexican fighter. But it just is what it is. So Canelo, he got stripped. But this could be this could be a good thing um, for boxing um, because now – We've seen that we've got talks of Triple G versus Dermanchenko, right? Uh, to fight for the IBF belt, to fight mm-hmm. to get Canelo to want to fight them. And also, they're saying, well, since Canelo ain't fighting Dermanchenko, he might be fighting Andrade, which would, would which would have been a, a for the undisputed title, but now it's just yeah. for the, you know for more for more unification. But that's that's still good. Same thing. I'm not. I'm not mad at that at all. So I know Canelo getting stripped probably sucks for him. Being mad at Golden Boy, it don't do anything for him. I mean, like like I said, contracts have been signed. Money has to be made, and it will be made. But I think this is good for us, man, because this is going to make more people fight. Now Triple G has to has to. If he wants to fight, we all, we see that Canelo says he he's not really worried about Triple G at all. So now Triple G has to fight the guy that he ducked, Dermanchenko, if he wants to get a, even a chance to fight Canelo. If Canelo wants to be undisputed middleweight champion, then we've got Andrade. Both of them on the zone. All of them on the zone, right? Is Triple G's on the zone, correct? Or is he on ESPN? No, he's on. No, he is. He is on the zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's on the zone because he's got his own little uh, promotion that he's got his guys in with the zone. So, you know, all these guys are on the zone. Belts are back. So my man only has two belts now. Still the top dog. But hopefully he's going to be fighting Andrade next. Maybe we can get that fight because the Dermachenko fight, you know, I really wasn't – that's not really anything that I really needed to see. Jacobs already beat him. Canelo already gave Jacobs that easy work. So I'm not mad at that at all, man. This is good. It's not great for boxing, but it's good for boxing, man, because it's, I think it, it opened everything up again. So now now we'll see. Are these guys ducking Dermanchenko? I don't know. Because Triple G didn't want to fight him. I don't know if Canelo – Canelo didn't need to fight him. But now, you know, it opened it up again. So it is what it is. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. Uh, you know, this is really – it doesn't even really matter to me that he got stripped of the IBF title because I didn't want to see him fight Dermachenko anyway. want to see him fight Andrade. And maybe he should have been fighting – I think if he would have said out out front that he was fighting Andrade, that they wouldn't have stripped him. But since he, they were playing like they wanted to fight Dermachenko and took it away, they said, well, hey, if you ain't going to fight him after negotiations, give us that belt. I ain't mad at that. IBF is keeping it keeping it real, doing what they did to Triple G, doing what they did to Canelo. So I'm not mad at that at all, man. They ain't playing. 
Yeah, because I'd imagine the IBF would want some of that money that, that Canelo generates. So, you know, be playing with my emotions like Big One told Smokey. Playing with my money is like playing with my emotions, and the IBF is definitely not having it. But, yeah, if we could get Andrade versus Canelo out of this, oh, what a blessing in disguise it would be and a detriment to Golden Boy Promotions because Demetrius Andrade would kick Canelo's ass and then he'd have no belt. So, I don't know, man. I don't know, but I'm liking what I'm seeing for the foreseeable future of Canelo Alvarez. Always good. Always good. Um, <laughs> we'll see how this whole thing turns out. Hopefully we can get Andrade in there. Uh, but anyways, um, in other news, to the women's division, Willa brought it up um, about Clarissa Shields talking about a fight with Amanda Nunes. Um, for those who don't know, Amanda Nunes is the UFC's baddest woman right now. Who is, you know, they've had that that saying about the baddest woman for, you know, Ronda Rousey, um, and, and then um, kickboxing Holly Holm for stopping Rousey. Uh, but this one, uh, Amanda Nunes, probably is, you know, a, 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 a lesbian woman who is very, very aggressive. And uh, uh, you know, probably she is. I think she's like banged oh, yeah, her no. girlfriend out after the win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said she is a lesbian. Scissorer. She's a lesbian. <laughs> you know, well, you just you got to put those extra things in there, huh? Well, nonetheless, she's a very aggressive lesbian woman who ain't no bottom. I'll tell you that much. Um, I've watched uh, Amanda Nunes fight when she. Knocked out Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey was in a better physical condition than she's ever been in her career. I mean, I was, Ronda Rousey was chopped up for that fight, got beat up bad. Uh, and then I seen Holly Holm try to get in there and get head kicked herself when she's the kickboxer. Amanda Nunes stopped her bad. And then uh, – a woman by the name of Cyborg who hasn't been in the UFC for a very long time due to steroid accusations and not being able to make the weight, uh, I believe 125, where she was fighting at 135 for her career, or I could be 10 pounds off from 145 to 135, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, a woman that I thought that was a man for a very long time, Chris Cyborg, I thought she had a, I thought she had a little something downstairs, you know? Um, uh, mistaken for a uh, transgender fighter by the name of Fallon Fox. But, um, you know, everyone who considered Cyborg to be the most dangerous woman on the planet who was chiseled up and beating the shit out of all these women got knocked the fuck out by Amanda Nunes. So I've seen Amanda Nunes' last few fights where she's just a bad bitch, to be frank. She can fight, whether it's throwing hands or throwing kicks, Amanda Nunes is a very, very, very dangerous woman. A woman, I tell, I tell you, I would never demand her to make me a sandwich. To tell you that much. But the whole crossroads of MMA and boxing have been brought to light to Dana White. 
For those who know Dan, don't know, Dana White has a boxing promotion coming out, getting set up in October. Um, I forget the exact name of it. He was talking about it in an interview I seen yesterday. Uh, it, I can't remember the exact name of the company. I know it's a four-letter word, but I forget. But anyways, Dana's got his boxing stable and facilities uh, under construction as of this point in time, getting ready to be launched in October. So, Dana White was brought Yeah, I think to, UFC uh, had a fight on uh, on Friday. I thought I looked looked at something. It was like UFC fight pass. Like they had a boxing really? match. Yeah, I think so. A, a boxing match? It was no, nobody UFC I was program? No, like, uh, like, you know, on the boxing schedule, there was a scheduled fight, and it was the UFC fight oh. pass. But, I mean, it wasn't a UFC. It was a boxing, boxing event. So I think yep, they already Dan started, but it was something. Dana's somebody I wasn't worried. Yeah. Dana, well, I mean, you know, the company for UFC sold for like two point something billion, so he's got some money to play around with. Uh, so he, he's serious about getting into the boxing game, and I can't remember the exact name of the reporter, but it was for the Ring of Highlights. He's got an interview with Dana White and said that Clarissa Shields said she would knock out Amanda Nunes in a boxing match. And uh, Dana White said, Oh, yeah, I would not be opposed to that. He said it would be an interesting fight. Amanda Nunes hits like a truck. Remember, he said the same thing about Connor. Connor hits like a truck. He said the same thing about Nunes. And, uh, you know, I, uh, going off of the body language of Dana White during this little run up interview, Dana White seemed very confident. Normally, um, you know, if somebody asked about. Connor getting back into a boxing ring against a different fighter other than Floyd. He's like, oh, no, no, we're, we're not doing that anymore. No, no, no. But with this one, the, 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 the reporter, he is like, Carissa Shields, she's a, a, she's a WBC Unified Champion in boxing. He's like, I know who she is. I know who she is. Yeah, that, that'd be an interesting fight. I would not be opposed to that. With a little smirk on his face after he said that Nunez hits like a truck. Now, judging off of recent history, Amanda Nunes has really beat the shit out of all the top competitions that's been thrown her way. Conor McGregor, he only beat up dudes that were in front of him, dudes that have been uh, over the hill. And he lost to a guy in Nate Diaz who really wasn't ranked that high. And then the L's just started falling. So different situation when you're talking about Conor and when you're talking about Nunes. But Amanda Nunes is... uh, I could see why Dana feels so confident. Willie, do you think we could possibly get another super fight mixed crossover from MMA and boxing with Clarissa Shields and Amanda Nunes? Because I'll tell you what, man, Amanda Nunes would definitely bring in a 2 million viewership pay-per-view buy guaranteed off top just from UFC fans alone. Guaranteed 2 million off top. Man, I mean, I would I would check that fight out, even though we know exactly what would happen. But yeah, I think it would be good. Do we? Amanda Nunes is yeah, yeah, yeah. We know what the hell is happening. We're talking about a undisputed boxing champion, man. I mean, I don't care what the hell's going on. We're talking about boxing. No, I don't no know, elite man. boxer is gonna lose to any kind of MMA person. Like I'm saying, you know, it ain't the same thing. But I think I would watch it. I think, uh, you know, it might be all right for a little bit. 
Both of them are, you know, the baddest women. Those are probably the two baddest women on the planet right now. I think it would be good. Now, I don't know. I know that uh, what is uh, Nunez is a two-division champion, so she might be a lightweight. And do they just go middleweight, lightweight, middleweight champion, maybe something like that? Um, so maybe her and Shields well, uh, are way. the same size. Uh, her and Shields are the same size. I'm looking at a picture of them right now. They were all together saying, like, the the GOAT, the quote, quote of boxing meets the quote of UFC. Clarissa Shields has a little thing on there. Um, so they're, they're obviously cool. Um, you know, I think it would be a no, good I'm, fight. It might be something different than cool. I don't think Clarissa Shields is, is swinging that way. She's not like your girl. I don't think she's a scissor, but you never know, man. Hey, you never careful. know. <laughs> you never know, man. But uh, yeah, Clarissa Shields is like is is the baddest. Is is the she is the greatest woman boxer of all time. I mean, it, it just is what it is. Um, are we sure? What does she have? You you jumping into the deep end right away. Are, are you sure that she beats Christina Hammer in a rematch? Yeah, she beat the shit out of Christina Hammer the last time. Unanimous. Uh, Unanimous. Yeah, but you know. So we're talking about a we're talking about the undisputed champion, uh, middleweight. We're talking about two time uh, gold medal winner. You know, so she's been whooping the the women that are boxing. The best women that's been boxing, she's been beating them for the last ten ten years, and she's twenty four years old. So, yeah. and got dropped by, uh, and and Clarissa Shield got dropped by a, a old ass midget who no 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 woman in the division worried about. You got to think about that. She got dropped. We don't she know. She got dropped. That's like. what happens with. Yeah, we did. yeah she admit that she won that fight after that. So we know she's got a chance because she got dropped, got up, and won the fight unanimously. Nunez uh, you know, a lot easy work that, she does, and but she, I think she would have a little more respect for Nunez and not go in there because she's a, you know, when you're fighting bums, sometimes you let your hands down. When you get when you're cocky and you're in there fighting people that you think you're gonna wreck, like we saw last night, you get your hands down and you might get dropped, you know. So I don't think that I don't I think this would be easy work, but I think this would be big for for fighting. It'll be big for women's sports. The, the two baddest women in the game doing their thing. Not like when it was. Floyd versus McGregor, the two loudest men in the game, you know, um, you know, because at that point Floyd wasn't the baddest man on the planet, and whenever we see guys like James Tony go over the UFC and, and stuff like that, these aren't the they, they're not the baddest men on the planet at that point in time. So that would be, I think that would be a good build up. It would be a good thing. Uh, it wouldn't be a lot of trash talking. I don't. Well, Clarissa does do a lot of trash talking. Nunez, I don't really watch her that much, but it didn't seem like she does a lot of that. Um, looks like she's very respectful. But I think it would be good, man. Um, it would be probably easy but, uh, work. I don't know about that. What do you have for like a, a percentage-wise, uh, over under of it of it happening and not happening? What percent do you, do you give it of actually happening? Because Dana, Dana with that smirk, man, I, I've seen a lot of dollar signs and confidence from Dana White in that interview. Oh well, I mean, I'm reading this. Clarissa Shields says she'll even do uh, that. She'll do boxing or mixed martial arts. She's saying she's she's trying to do oh, whatever. Man. It could be a 
two fight deal. So that'll be one and one. She'd probably get wrecked in mixed martial arts. But as we remember, you know, her and Cyborg were going at it. So she might have a little skills. And, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they're throwing her, I forgot yeah, about that. And they were doing a little wrestling, too. Uh, I think, you know, so they were training together. So she might have a little skills and might be able to catch Nunez. I think, I think Clarissa Shields would have a better chance at beating Nunez in, in mixed martial arts than Nunez would have at beating her at just straight up boxing. But either, I think they would both beat each other in their respective games because they're both elite at what they do. And I don't think, uh, I think, to beat them, you have to be elite. So uh, I think, I mean, it sounds like uh, it sounds like it might happen. I don't think it will. You know, I would say it's a forty percent chance that it happens, but you never know when it's you know when it comes to this women's boxing or when it comes to any kind of boxing. They're trying to it's prize fighting. They're trying to get paid, and this would probably be the biggest paydays of their lives and the biggest paydays that they could ever that they would ever receive. So. They're talk- it seems like they're talking about it. it seems like they're, uh, I, yeah, I think it might go down. You know, the more I'm reading it, it seems like Shields is serious. So we'll see. The quote, the MMA, the quote of boxing versus the quote of MMA. That'll be, that'll be all right. I think people will watch that. The reason I think that it has a higher chance of happening than not is because I don't think Dana's got any competition for Nunez over in, in UFC anymore. Yeah, especially he got rid of Cyborg. Oh, yeah, you've seen that. Huh? You've you definitely been watching a little bit of MMA, I see. And well, I have no, a couple of days ago. Yeah, I've been on this, uh, you know, one of my favorite podcasts uh, besides this one is that Booker T podcast, man. And he, he keeps a, he keeps me informed on what's going on on the MMA, even though I don't really watch it. But, you know, I know that uh, Cyborg and Dana White have been having a lot of beef. And then I saw that they released her. It's, uh, Dana White was saying she didn't want the rematch, even though she was saying she, she, she said she did. And it's a lot of. So I think they might be scared. Looks like they were, they might have been scared to let Nunez get uh, Cyborg take another crack at uh, Nunez is what I what it seemed like to me. So they got rid of her. I don't know about women's MMA at all. I know those two names. I guess Holly Holm and, and Ronda Rousey. But Ronda Rousey's doing wrestling now, so uh, I don't know too much about that. I'm sure the world doesn't know too much about that. So it's like, uh, yeah, these are the two biggest names in uh, women's women's combat sports, so it might happen. We'll see. Nunez is uh, Nunez is old, though. Well, older. She's 31. Yeah. Shields is, is, is a youngster, so it might happen in the next couple of years. We'll see, man. Well, I got Both of them still be Nunez if it happens. Oh, man. That's crazy. <laughs> you sound like one of, like one of them MM, uh them MMA jabronis, dog thinking McGregor's gonna win. <laughs> I got that man. I seen Amanda Nunes fight. And she hits really hard. And she outboxed a, a kickboxer in Holly Holmes, so boxing with a boxer shouldn't be that much problems for Amanda Nunes. That's a that's a dangerous woman right there, Willis. No, she is dangerous. 
but in boxing, I, I think she gets she gets handled easily. I don't know about that, man. We Carissa Shields ain't got no real pop to her, and I've seen her get dropped before, so I don't know. She might be susceptible, man. This might be a good opportunity for for Nunez. Hey, when the last time you know. we saw didn't uh, didn't Mayweather get a, uh, a knockout against uh, McGregor uh, and he had, yeah. He, he didn't knock nobody out for real in a while. You know, it is, it's, it's a bounce, little different. We'll bounce them all over. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's we'll a little see. different, man. If that fight does happen, me and you, we'll have, a little, we'll have a little purse on that one. Since you think Clarissa Shield calling her the quote and all that. I'm, I'm not going to call her that until she gives Christina Hammer a rematch. And, hey, if she beats her twice, I got, I got nothing, you know. So, that's where I'm at. But, um. Yeah, man. Uh, I think that's about it for the day. Um, oh no, we got a we got a Tyson Fury's upcoming fight. Um, I didn't really look too much into it, but I know Willa definitely did. Um, <laughs> Willa brought that one up and and uh, the, uh, talk about the E being for European. Um, the next fight for Tyson Fury was announced to Swedish heavyweight Otto Wallin. In September Now um, <laughs> uh, If you look up Otto Wallin I never heard of the guy to be honest with you uh, But he is 20 I know with 13 knockouts South Paul 6'5 Hey you, We don't know if this guy could be One of the next up and coming Young heavyweights So I see he's getting in there with the undefeated six foot five Southpaw of destruction from Sweden. Well, you brought it up. What is your thoughts on this fight that was announced between Tyson Fury and Otto Wallin? Now, now, not only am I laughing, not only are we laughing at, uh, you know, this fight, we're laughing at ESPN, man. They paid all this money for Fury to fight bums like this. You know, what is he getting, 20, 30 million a fight, something like that, to fight bums? You know, he, he, he did what he had to do. I'm not mad at Fury. He gets to fight bums for top dollar. So, you know, it is what it is, but, man. Mm-hmm. We, you know, people are talking about how Wilder's, you know, Wilder has a padded resume and how Wilder hasn't fought fought anybody. I mean, Tyson Fury mm-hmm. hasn't fought anybody, man. You know, except Klitschko and Wilder. Now he's fighting. Uh, he fought Tom Schwartz. Nobody was worried about. Oh yeah, he was undefeated. Also undefeated, Tom Schwartz. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, he was from Germany. German uh, German guy, he was a big guy, 6'5", all that good stuff, uh, 16 KOs, you know, everybody was crunk for him, but, you know, who beat the hell out of him? TKO, and that's exactly what's going on. I don't know if they're trying to, I guess they're trying to give Tyson Fury that build, that build up, you know, but who cares about this? Nobody's going to watch it like, Remember, we still haven't we still haven't seen the uh, the views 
of his last fight. Have you heard anything about that? No, they kept that silent because nobody sure gives that, a I'm shit. I'm sure they're out there. We just hadn't looked it up recently. No, no, no. They're not out there. I've looked it up. I look it up every week just to see if they're going to show it. They ain't showed us shit. Every week? No Is that your personal mission or what? <laughs> yeah, I just want to see because they're telling us he's this big draw and how he took over America. So I want to see if Americans are watching it. And they're not. Nobody gives a shit about Tyson Fury. He Wilder gave him a little boost. Wilder got him paid. And now he's just living, uh, you know, he's doing what he's doing. I'm not mad at him about that. You know, this is prize fighting. Tyson Fury got the prize. But, you know, who gives a shit about this fight? We want to see Wilder versus Fury again. You know, Wilder, people are talking shit because Wilder's fighting old Ortiz. But Ortiz will probably sweep this, uh, sleep this Swedish guy, man. So, you know, get off the gas with Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is no draw. Nobody cares about Tyson Fury in the U.S. unless he's fighting real guys. And this guy isn't real. So, you know, another uh, easy, easy work for Tyson Fury to make him to make people think that he's better than he is. Hey man, I don't know, man. This guy, uh, this guy uh, Otto Wallin, you know, he's got W's against Adrian Granta, who's fifteen and one. Uh, Gialanto Madranas, who's twelve and four. Rafael Zambano, who's thirty nine and thirteen. Osborne Michinmaka, who's twenty one and eight. You know, he might got some. He might got a decent resume on his. Uh, on his records, well, don't sleep on this guy. You, you never know when when the next big thing is coming out. And Tyson Fury's just giving these guys an opportunity. What would you say if Tyson Fury gets his ass kicked by this guy, and then we have to see Wilder versus Otto, Otto Wallin? What would you say then? Man, I would laugh, and I would it would that would tickle me to. Yeah, that would be great. And, and he wouldn't fight Otto Wallin. You know, he wouldn't fight Otto Wallin. So, I, you know, we just see Fury disappear. He got Otto all that Wallin, money. Otto Wallin would then be the the, the uh, lineal champion. Well, yeah, whatever that means. There is no lineal champion, man. Like I always, I, I'm not, they don't, they can't, they can't trick me into believing that a guy that, Retired and failed a drug test, still keeps the lineal championship. That's no way in hell that happens. I don't care what anybody oh. says. When you retire, you lose everything. When you fail a drug test, you lose everything. You're stripped of everything. So I don't care what they say. Um, yeah, and again, I don't man. think Wilder gives a shit. Yeah, I don't give a shit what Wilder says. No. So they did. Uh, they have come out with the numbers for. Uh, Schwartz uh-huh. and whatchamacallit. They said they had 400 and almost 500,000 views. Uh, Not bad. The ab- yeah, that's what they say. It's a lot of different numbers. That's like adding them all up together. Uh, you know. You do the math, uh, Willa. The, the uh, 599 ESPN plus charges divided by those numbers, that's some good money. Hold on, that was on ESPN Plus. Or that's, it says e on ESPN Two. 
Nope. Where's where it coming in Plus. from? Michaela Mayer is okay. the one who had my ESPN too. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, so it's still saying like numbers up. No, no, no. They still says the main cards average about four ninety three, four hundred ninety three thousand. But then it, but then it says <laughs> with. But then it then it says with 143,000 viewers coming from 18 to 49 for the 49 demographic. So people from <laughs> hmm. so they either they were yeah that doesn't even make any sense they're just making shit up. <laughs> you can't say that you can't say they're just making stuff up, man. <laughs> Think about it. So they're saying that 500 almost 500,000 people were viewers, but only. 140,000 of them were from 18 to 49. So everybody yeah. else was 50 years old or older or 18 and younger. So these are like grandparents watching it with their grandkids yeah. while the parents were out doing something. Oh my They're just making shit <laughs> up. Ain't nobody worried about Tyson Fury. Oh, man. They don't say ESPN plus numbers. They're talking about oh, ESPN too. Yeah, I'm reading it. They're just making up stuff. You just don't like Tyson Fury. Admit it. I don't have anything. I mean, I don't dislike Tyson Fury. I think he's good for boxing for what he does, but I just want people to keep it real. I think that he's a little overhyped. But you know, oh, really? we all the guy know who the was e beating Deontay, ESPN, was cool Deontay Wilder. The guy who was who was. Far ahead As of Pascal showed you yesterday, huh? As Pascal showed you yesterday, man. It don't matter what you're doing if you, if you can't <laughs> stay off the uh, off the canvas. You know, uh-huh. yeah, that one in your back pocket. I see. Okay, no, I mean you. Yeah, you set that up, but yeah, especially. But you know what? We all know it really ticks me off about Fury is that they that somehow that they keep on preaching that he's this lineal champion, and we all know if this was Deontay Wilder or or let's say Dillian White, let's say Dillian White was the lineal champion, and he just failed his drug test, and he mm-hmm. decided to retire and come back, they would have stripped him of the lineal title. But somehow, I think they call that the complexion for the protection, that he gets to protect his lineal Whoa. championship, even though he retired and failed a drug test. Doesn't make any sense to me. Those are some <laughs> complexion protection by complexion. <laughs> Those are some uh, some sneaky accusations you got there, my friend. I don't. I, that's the first I've ever heard of it. I thought I've heard all the little secret terms and things of that nature, but I like that. I'm gonna use that from now on. Protection by complexion. I like that. Well, anyways, uh, you know, we'll see how all this stuff turns out. Can't wait to see what Canelo says moving on forward. Well, well, it's just me and you to gruesome twosome back at it again today. Uh, hope JP's okay and didn't, you know, wake up with a tooth missing or, you know, wake up with the Clippers jersey exchanged for his Lakers. I, I don't know. And Janelle, hopefully, you know, hopefully he ain't, you know, knocked out somewhere <laughs> or or tapping out somewhere. But well, we got the rest of this this uh, this beautiful day to get going. Uh, quick little show, covered up everything and all things. Um, Ten o'clock my time. I'm probably gonna go out and get me some breakfast right now, man. Uh, I don't really get breakfast too often, so 
get a chance to, I'm going to get there. What you got going on for the rest of your day, my guy? Oh, man, uh, not too much going on for me, man. Just chilling, get ready for the work week. Uh, got another week of work going on, and then I'll be able to take off for a couple of couple of days, man. So not too much for me, man, just chilling. Seeing what, seeing what I can see on this slow-ass Sunday of sports. I think they got the basketball tournament. I think that's what it's called, TBT, the basketball tournament coming on ESPN. I might watch these bums play or something like that, see what – little baseball, little, little league, World Series type stuff. So we'll see what's up, man. Not too much for me. And I don't think there's too much yeah. going on in boxing this next weekend. I think we got a couple of fights. My guy Virgil Ortiz, I believe, is fighting out here in in Texas this weekend. So we might have a little bit to talk about on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll we'll figure it out. There's always some some news that's going to come out or something that's going to be worth talking about, worth mentioning. So, uh, all right, man. Well, shit. Speaking for myself in the San Joaquin Valley of Central California and Willa, the king from Houston, Texas, we are the gruesome twosome. Hope we can provide all the boxing talk for you early this morning for those who got to go to work on Sunday, taking a long ride for those in the truck. Shout out to my boy from Miami Fox. Uh, Everybody and anybody who's got the earpiece in, rate, review, subscribe, rock with us. We're going to keep it coming twice a week, um, as always. And the new start time will continue to be the start time at 9 a.m. on Sundays. So um, hopefully for those who are enjoying the day off, kick your uh, Monday workday with some boxing podcasts and, and fuck with us, man. So, um, yeah, man, you guys have a, a blessed Sunday. Take care of yourself. Get ready for the, the early grind in the morning and uh, have a better Monday tomorrow that you had this previous Monday. I'm RC from the Outside of Boxing Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and we out. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.